boy Tony West, and I am here with my man Terrell Wheeler, and we are back on week four of All Things College Football Podcast, and we welcome you guys back. Terrell, how you doing today, man? Man, I'm doing pretty good. It was a crazy week of football, but you Absolutely. know, let's talk about it now. Yeah, let's jump right into it. Uh, we have several different topics we want to talk about today, especially just a lot of crazy games this weekend, a lot of crazy, you know, uh, upsets. And I think you can finally say that college football is officially back now. But I want to jump right into the the big game of the week, which was the Stanford uh, Cardinals traveling up to Eugene to play the Oregon Ducks, where the Stanford Cardinals escaped out of Eugene 38-31 in overtime. And uh, I want to talk about that game real quick because I feel like that was one of the most exciting games I watched this whole weekend. Um, Just amazing play from Stanford at the end of the game. Um, And it was just incredible to see. I think that that was probably a shocker to all because I'm going to say for about 75 to 80% of the game, Oregon dominated. They controlled the ball. They controlled the game. And they uh, they were up at 17 points in the fourth quarter. Um, and a lot of people thought game was over. I mean, I even thought the game was over personally. And just to kind of see that, you know, that they got it turned around late in the game uh, was just kind of good to see. It was a fun game to watch, but I know as an Oregon fan, you probably got to be sick this weekend after what you've seen. Um, great game. Justin Herbert played a tremendous game. Um, 346 yards pass, and he went 26 for 33, one touchdown, one interception. Um, as well as C.J. Verdell, he had a good game as well. 20 carries, 115 yards, uh, one touchdown. But everybody's probably going to remember him for that fumble right there uh, before yeah. overtime, which kind of like hurt. And then Mitchell as well, he had a great game. He had 14 receptions, 239 yards, Dylan Mitchell. So, I mean, they made a lot of plays for Oregon. Oregon made a lot of plays in this mm-hmm. game. Uh, Stanford just – it was just they were well coached. They were better coached, and you could just tell. Bryce Love had 19 carries, 89 yards, and one touchdown, as well as KJ Castile. He had a pretty good game too. He went 19 for 26, 327 yards, and three touchdowns. But man, that game was exciting to watch. And you know, me and you talked about how we're really not that big on Pac-12 football, uh, just because just the lack of athletic you know, ability yeah. and a lack of just not a lot of good teams, honestly. Um, and we've talked about that in the past few podcasts is how we don't really like Pac-12, but I'm not going to lie. It was an interesting game to watch. Yeah. And um, to watch Stanford just kind of crumble like that in the last, mm, I want to say like 10 minutes of the game was kind of just sad to see. Mm. Well, first, let me say that uh, it was a great game. Like you said, we're not really big on Pac-12, but I wish – like Oregon was in the Pac-12 South or something like that, because that looked like a Pac-12 championship championship game. game. Yeah, it did. And, um, it really one did. thing that um that really that was really interesting to me was that you know Oregon, they you know one of the top you know spread you know offenses, mm-hmm. and you know Stanford they kind of like that old school you know pro style, style right? Correct pro style, mm-hmm. and um really man, like what was really interesting to me? Okay, like. Uh, Costello had, you know, 327 yards, three, uh, three touchdowns, right? Mm-hmm. But it just got so unfair with the tight end, Caden Smith, and uh, uh, the wide receiver. Um, J.J. Whiteside. J.J. Uh, yeah, and, and Kate, the Whiteside. Yeah, he was balling out. And, and um, it's another guy they had. Um, Caden Smith? Game. No, not Caden Smith. It was um, uh, Parkinson. And, Parkinson, uh, yeah, Kobe Parkinson, yeah. And, and, and check this out. Parkinson is six seven, Caden yeah. Smith six five, and uh, Whiteside was six three two twenty seven. Yeah, receiver. 
And those those Oregon corners, they were just so short. And I think Stanford just had they, – they did a great job just taking advantage of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was like a crazy mismatch. And I don't know if you've seen that touchdown with – um. I think it was a uh, white side where he just like completely just boxed out, jumped him. Yep, he bounced. Like yeah, that. he almost boxed him, uh, boxed him out like he was playing yeah, basketball. Yeah, yeah it was like, like he was just grabbing a rebound, and that that right there was crazy to me. Mm-hmm. And then, um, the uh, the last uh, or um, not Oregon, but um, Stanford touchdown where uh, Parkinson just like you know tipped the ball to himself. Mm-hmm. Man, like that is crazy height advantage. That's the perk of like being sick. That's like huge height. You know what I'm saying? Right, right, exactly. Yeah. And just to talk about those three players that you just highlighted, Caden Smith had six receptions, 95 yards. Uh, J.J. Akira, I'm probably going to say his last name wrong, Akirgi, Arcega, Arcega, Whiteside, he had four uh, receptions, 82 yards, I mean, 84 yards, and then two touchdowns. So two out of the four catches he made were touchdowns. So he was a big, 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 big player in this game. And as mm-hmm. well as Kobe Parkinson, I mean, the one we're going to always remember is the last touchdown. Yeah. Um, he had three receptions for 50 yards. But like you said, like you said, I really agree with what you said. A lot of those was just kind of like boxing out. Those guys were just a lot bigger than Oregon, and they were just they were just a lot more athletic than Oregon as well. Right, right. And also, too, uh, um, Dylan Mitchell with 239 yards. Well, first of all, let me say this. I really think Justin Herbert He's kind of better than what the stats, you know. Yeah, showed. I agree. Um, I mean, in the first it, half, he dominated that game completely. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Mm-hmm. And you know, you know, had Dylan Mitchell, you know, fourteen receptions, two hundred thirty-nine yards. And um, the one play that I really remember though is uh that last uh pass breakup when um in overtime. Oh yeah. You know, um, it was actually uh, it was kind of a good look. Like it was a clean route he had him. Right. Before that one, when um, Dylan Mitchell, he threw one, he threw one to Dylan Mitchell, but it was um batted down. Batted down, yeah, I remember that. It was that was actually a clean look. I could have, I, I would have thought Oregon would have, uh, you know, came back and you know, potentially won the game after that one. But the last one where it hit the uh, the uh, Oregon receiver in the chest, I think it was um, Schuler or something like that. He was like number nine. Right. You got to catch that, man. Yeah, you do. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that, that that catch kind of hurt him a little bit. But overall, I was really impressed. You know, this is probably like the best two teams in the Pac-12. Yeah. I mean, I know uh, Cal is, you know, 3-0, but Stanford. And Washington and would also have something to say about that, too. Come I don't on. know, man. I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't know. I really like uh, Stanford and Oregon. That, I mean, that game was just great. Yeah. Like, it was a, no, it was definitely an exciting game to watch. I think Stanford – Showed that they can, they had a lot of resilience. They're very well coached by David Shaw. Um, I think they showed all that. I think they showed that they're, that's, that they're really a good coach team. And I think Oregon showed that they're no slouch either. Um, right. I was impressed with Oregon too because I definitely yeah. think they were sticking that game. I thought, you know, Stanford would kind of pull away, even though the game was at Oregon. I kind of feel like Stanford would eventually pull away. But I mean, it was nail biting, especially in the third and fourth quarter. So um, I think both teams are really good. And I think, yeah, I mean, you could really make an argument that these are the two best teams in the conference. Uh, like I said, I do feel like Washington will probably have something to say about that. Um, but I do think that these two teams are definitely top three in the conference for sure. Definitely. Yeah. And Oregon looks like old Oregon. Yeah, they yeah. did. Yeah, they look like the old Oregon. Very exciting to watch. Real very fun. athletic. Very, you know, fun to watch. They look like the old, you know, LaMichael James. You yeah. know, back in those days type Oregon. They did. Definitely.
Yeah, I was definitely impressed with what Oregon uh, did this weekend. And even though they had a loss, I don't think that's a game that they need to hold their head down and, yeah, you, know, yeah, you know, think that they did a bad job. Because, I mean, they played a great game. I think Oregon came to play, and I also think Stanford came to play too. And just mental mistakes at the end of the game for Stanford, I mean, for or Oregon kind of costed them the game. You know, like I said, the fumble yeah. by C.J. Verdell was huge. Um, you know, I think they kind of just kind of took their foot off the gas a little bit at the end of the game, and, I mean, it ended up costing them, you know, and I think that's the main thing with that. I just feel like, you know, that's what mainly cost them that game. Yeah, definitely, definitely. So I also want to jump into the next game that we talked about, um, and it was big on this past week, and that was the Alabama versus Texas A&M Aggies as the Aggies rolled into Tuscaloosa to face on the Crimson Tide. Um, And, I, you know, me and you talked about this last week, and I told you guys – on, in the podcast, I said, if Bama blows out Texas A&M, I'm going to start questioning, is it even worth it? You know, is it even <laughs> worth really playing? And they kind of did that. The Bama went on to win 45 to 23 against the Aggies. Now that game was in, you know, uh, Tuscaloosa, obviously. So, I mean, they did have the advantage on that end. But to, a, to I just, I'm at the point of saying he may be one of the best quarterbacks that has ever came through Alabama. Mm-hmm. Not saying that he is, but I think he's definitely one of the best. He had 22 for 30, 387 yards. We're talking about almost 400 yards passing, four touchdowns, zero interceptions. Do you not know how hard that is to do on a good defense uh, in Texas a and I mean, he completely balled out. Jalen Hurts even got in the game for a little bit. He went three for three for 28 yards, but Tugaluva, uh, he's really just been holding it down. He connected with Henry Ruggs the third three times for 84 yards and a touchdown, as well as Devontae Smith with four receptions and 56 yards and a touchdown. And then he also hooked up with their tight end, Hale Hattings, uh two times, and they both were for touchdowns. So he just had a great game, and he just continues to show that he's the best player in college football right now. I don't think there's really too much of an argument right there. Uh, your boy Kelly Munn did kind of struggle. Bama did kind of make him a little bit come back to life. He went 16 for 33, 196 yards, one touchdown, two interceptions. But like I said, against Bama, I mean, they make people feel like that. But he did have a good day rushing. He had 18 carries yeah. for 98 yards. And I remember the long one for 54 yards yeah. that he busted up at the, end, at the beginning of the game, which I thought – was pretty important, but it seemed like Bama just really got Mon out of his element early. And that's with a player like him, that's what you have to do. I'm pretty sure they watched the film on what he did to Clemson and they capitalized on it. But what did you think about this game? Well, first, uh, I ain't trying to hit on Tua or nothing like that, but he really threw three touchdowns because uh, he had that uh, jet sweep to uh, Hemi Rudd. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, uh, that's right. But you know, that's really, come on, man. That's, that's really rushing. Right. But from the game, though, um, like you said, uh, you know, Kellerman, you know, he's the quarterback. He's a, he, he makes this offense throw. And, you know, Bama did a good job of, uh, you know. Not letting it go, basically. And also, too, um, they, they pretty much locked down uh, – what's the guy's name? Um, Cameron Buckley. Rogers, Kendrick Rogers. Kendrick Rogers. Uh, right. I think he only had, like, four receptions, 38 yards. Yeah, I mean, all of that wide receivers about shut down. I mean, Cameron yeah, Buckley, yeah. he had the huge game against Clemson. Uh, he got shut down. He only had four receptions, 41 yards. Kendrick Rogers, another one that had the huge game against Clemson. He got mm-hmm. shut down. He only had four receptions, 38 yards. So, they did a good job. I mean, they really 
shut down um, Texas A&M's offense. And like you said, that offense closed by Kelly Mond. So, Kelly Mond. So, I think that was a big deal for them to shut them down like that. But pretty much, I mean, like you said, the, the offense was they, – they, they just – they they just couldn't get TDs on the board, you know. What I'm saying? They couldn't do it. Yeah. I mean, they did score twenty three points on Bama. That is a big deal because yeah. with Bama, well, we'll that see, defense we'll is really good. But let's see. The thing is, though, the kicker had eleven points by himself. So, exactly. Yeah, that's my point. Goals, you know, extra point, whatever. But they just couldn't. You know, field goal is not going to win you games. No, especially, especially against Bama. It's yeah, just, you know what I'm saying. So it's not going to cut it. Now I will give um. I also, but they were having so much success in the past, it really doesn't matter. I will give Texas A&M a little bit of credit of having a good rush defense. They only allowed 109 yards. Oh, yeah, yeah. So they did shut down Damian Harris and Najee. Damian Harris and Najee Harris, they they did shut them down. I mean, Damian Harris only had seven carries for 52 yards, and Najee Harris didn't do any better with eight carries for 43 yards. So, I mean, they did shut down the run for the most part, and I have to give Texas A&M credit on that because in that Clemson game when TT, when ETM was running, he was kind of running through that defense. So, I, I was yeah. really glad to see them kind of stop the defense. But I'm just at the point now of saying let's just hand the, the title to Bama, especially if they blow out LSU at LSU in a few weeks. If they do that, I'm, I'm at the point of just saying I think it's going to be Bama's to lose at this point. And I still feel like at this point it's Bama's to lose. I don't think no team is competing with them right now. Um, no. Even Clemson. I don't think Clemson stands a chance. I don't think Georgia stands or, a chance. Or, I don't even think Ohio State stands a chance. And they're playing definitely. a pretty good ball right now. Um, but I just think right now Alabama is just head and heels above everybody at the moment. I mean, it's just – it's not fair at this point. It's not fair. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, it's literally not fair. Tua is literally throwing right now. He's averaging three touchdowns a game. I mean, that is crazy. I mean, right. this guy is balling out of his mind. Like, I don't think we can – I don't think we've ever seen a quarterback. I know in recent years we definitely have not seen a quarterback do what he's doing. Right now he has a 1,000 yard, 1,033 yards, 12 touchdowns, zero, zero interceptions, zero. So, like, we're talking about a guy that is just really balling out right now. I mean, literally, listen to this. Louisville game, two touchdowns. Arkansas game, four touchdowns. Arkansas State, uh, Ole Miss, five, uh, two touchdowns. Texas A&M, four touchdowns. I mean, this guy is just he's, – he's amazing, man. I mean, I really can't say nothing about him. His pass rate right now is just ridiculous. He's throwing 72.5 completion percentage. I mean, this guy is just really on another level. And I, I posed a question today. Is Tua one of the best quarterbacks to ever come out of Alabama? And I think you can kind of argue that a little bit. I know it's kind of early, but if he continues to do what he's doing, I mean, you definitely could argue this for sure. This is it. No, this this is landslide victory for him. Come on, man! Like, who really then came out of Bama playing like this? Exactly. I, he That's just looked so unfazed in the pocket. I mean, he just he just looked like he's he's been there before. You know what I'm saying? Right. He's only a sophomore, and I don't know if you've seen that. Uh, his first pass, the first one, the first touchdown he threw, that was his first pass. And mm-hmm. that looked like back in the uh, national championship game. Sure did, yeah. And he threw it to the same guy, Devontae. Same guy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it, but, but you know, the thing is, though, I was watching ESPN, and they were saying, um, you know, uh, they were talking about Heisman races, and they were saying that, you know, Tua, he may not win it because 
you know, he hasn't been tested, and he's probably not going to be tested throughout the season. Don't look like he's going to be tested until the playoffs, honestly, at this rate. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Maybe well, LSU. I think LSU will give him a little run. Yeah, if he blows he, out LSU, I think it's not even a, a question. Yeah, because at he this need, point, he, he does, I will agree. You do need that Heisman moment, that game, right? You know that that every Heisman winner has had, right? I mean, it just ain't fair no more, man. It's like, not, and I don't it's think, not. and I don't think, you know, you can you can't insert any other top quarterback and have the same results as he's having. No, I don't think you can. No. I don't no. think you can. No, yeah, I completely agree. There's no way that you can just plug in anybody and do what he's doing right now. I mean, he's just on another level, and that's what makes Bama so scary and so talented and so good because we've never seen a quarterback come through Bama like this. I never yeah. – a, a day in my life, I never, ever thought I would say their offense is better than their defense. And today I find myself saying that. Their offense is a crap ton better than their defense, and their defense is amazing. And it's that's weird. the crazy thing about it. It's weird. Yeah, it's something that we've really, in recent years, never really experienced in college, in, in college football. And I think it's a complete shocker. And, you know, when we talk about shockers, you know, I want to jump right into this. Virginia Tech. Um, oh. I got to put y'all on. I know y'all probably on suicide watch right now. <laughs> I just, I, if you have Virginia Tech friends, I need you to check on them. If you know any Virginia Tech grads, I need you to check on them today. Check on them this week. I hope you checked on this weekend and made sure they're all right. Because, man, <laughs> let's talk about that. I just, I'm. Where do you start? I seen, because I actually, the crazy thing was, I, the game wasn't on television. No. It wasn't on, te- it wasn't on like regular TV. It was on like a local channel because, you know, it was a Virginia type game. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it was in Norfolk, Virginia. And basically, if you didn't live in that area, yeah, that, in that, the Virginia that, Tech okay. area, you didn't get that game. Right. Um. Only if you had some type of crazy like college football pass or whatever, which I don't have. Yeah. And um, I was at my girlfriend's house at the time, so I wouldn't have had it anyway. Um. So let's just jump right in this game. How the Old Dominion Monarchs just pulled off the probably one of the biggest upsets of all time, especially for their program mm-hmm. against the 13th ranked Virginia Tech Hokies. Um. 49-35. Um. I just want to jump in and say congratulations to Old Dominion. Um. You know, I know this is big for their program. Their football program hasn't been really back until recently, in recent years. It hasn't been probably in like the last 10 years. They've been really kind of getting relevant again in a way because they're a fairly new program. Yeah, I mean, yeah, just, yeah. They just they just moved to FBS a couple years ago. Yeah, yeah. it was like 2013, 2012, something like yeah, that. Yeah, they just yeah, moved. Like so that. it's, it's They're a fairly new team. Um, For them to knock off Virginia Tech, and I'm going to get into Virginia Tech later. I just want to give – Old Dominion some credit, and I want to give the backup quarterback Blake Larusa. I'm yeah. gonna tell you now, he's already getting my one of my player of the week awards, and we'll talk <laughs> about it later on tonight. Um, this guy balled out. He went 30 for 49, 495 yards. We're talking about almost half a thousand yards in one game. In one game, we're talking about almost. He was accountable. For 501 yards. 501 yards. That is ridiculous. He had four hey. touchdowns, zero interceptions. I mean, this guy, and he's the backup quarterback. This guy had not no he had one offer. And it was the um, they were talking about it on the radio today. He had one offer. You want to know who it was from? Who? And you know the school very well. Elizabeth City State University. Wow. And HBCU, <laughs> right, correctly. So we like just to see that and to see where he's at now. 
Um, just knocking off one of the, you know, the big dogs, especially in the state of Virginia. Um, just a tremendous game. Um, ODU, man, they were amazing. Jeremy Cox, and I know you want to talk about him a little bit. Yes. 200, uh, 200 uh, not 200, 20 carries, 130 yards, two touchdowns. I mean, Jeremy Cox was just, just oh, he was a monster yes. for ODU. But I'll let you talk a little bit. I also want to give Travis uh, Flugam, I might say his name wrong, um, oh, yeah, some yeah. some love and as well as Jonathan Dunhart, he had a good game as well. Both of them had nine receptions. Uh, Dunhart had uh, 142 yards and three interceptions. And I know he had that little nice little the the one that kind of put the nail on the coffin at the yeah, end of the game. Yeah, yeah, he 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 had a tremendous game. And then Fluham, he had uh, 100 almost 200 yards catching. He had 188 right. yards, which one is touchdown. crazy. But I want you to get into this game. This ODU game is just ridiculous. Okay. Well, first of all. Shout out to Jeremy Cox. He's from the Fable, North Carolina area. And I remember playing I remember playing this dude in uh peewee football. And I ain't gonna lie, he was a, he was a beast then. Right. But this dude, man, I, I was I was just a proud Fayetteville native when I seen this. Right. And I don't know if you've seen the highlights, but at the end, when it was like uh 4235 mm-hmm. in uh ODU, all they had to do was take a knee at that point. But it said no, and they gave it to Cox, and he scored again. He scored again. Yeah, oh I've seen that. God, that yeah. was like that was like OG moment right there. Like yeah. I can't believe what I just saw. Yeah. And like I said, um, you know they call this the uh, the largest uh, FBS upset, and I'm glad they you know they they pointed out they emphasized FBS with FBS opponents because I you know I can't get I can't get this one number one over Appalachian State, Michigan, yeah, yeah, no. mm-hmm. but no, nah, no, nah. but anyway. ODU was, I mean, it's up there with it, though. It's up there, but it ain't, it ain't quite. Yeah, 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 yeah. The fact that ODU was 0-3 coming into this game. Yeah. And they had they, – they let Liberty put 52 on them. And you want to see Charlotte beat them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Team only won one game last year. I right. mean, I hate to get down on my alma mater like that, but that's just the truth. Right, right. And they, they lost the FIU 28-20, so – and they got – uh I, I want to say they – they have ECU next week, so I'm interested in how to see that game go out. But anyway, like I said, man, it was just a – I mean, my mind is, like, blown because what I'm really mad at is, like, damn, what was – what, what, not favor, excuse me. What was Florida State doing wrong? Right. That they lost to Florida State. <laughs> right. It, when you it got makes you really – and I'm going to talk about them a little bit too, but it really makes you think, like, dang. Florida right. State, what what y'all really got going on? And they exactly, struggled against exactly. Northern Illinois this weekend. Exactly. But, I mean, Virginia Tech, for you to let a backup QB come in and, and throw almost like 500 yards, yeah, two receivers yeah. have you over 100-yard games. One had 188. Like One almost had 200 what? yards. <laughs> and you know what's the crazy That's ridiculous. Part? You know what's the crazy part? This was at ODU. At ODU, yeah, exactly. Man, yeah, I mean, like, that's, I, that's crazy. I, I I couldn't I couldn't believe it, and you know Virginia Tech was uh, ranked thirteen. They were ranked thirteen, right? And I mean, I I'm I'm interested to see how far they're going to drop. That. They're they're not in the poll. They took them all the way out. Oh, took them. Oh. Yeah, the poll. Yeah, <laughs> excuse me. They took them all the way out. Yeah, they're they're completely gone, and they should be after losing to a team that was, you know, zero and three. And if I sound hype, it's only because Jeremy Cox had a good a great game, and Virginia Tech lost because they beat Florida State. So. Right, no, I understand that. I mean, let me get into them for, real quick. Virginia Tech fans, 
I I don't even know what to say <laughs> to y'all right now. I mean, uh, I'm not gonna make any excuses because a lot of people are gonna say, "Well, Josh Jackson got hurt at the end of the game." Nah. No, Ryan Willis was not playing horrible. I mean, he went nine for 18, 131 yards and a touchdown. So I don't want to hear that excuse. That defense, and this is so uncharacteristic from them, you know, especially with Bud Foster there. That defense looked bad, man. Every yeah. single way on the D line, on the linebackers, secondary, they just looked bad all over the field. I mean, they were just getting torched. Like the secondary, uh, it was bad. I mean, this Virginia Tech team is super young. I understand that, but they're also super uh, overrated. Um, they're, they, they're you just you don't lose games like this. I don't care if it's at ODU. I don't care if they would have had it in Richmond. I don't care if they would have had it in Blacksburg. You don't lose to Old Dominion, um, especially after they were zero and three and should have been on their way to zero and four. Um, you know, I have a few Virginia Tech friends, and I had to check on them and just make <laughs> sure they was all right after this because I was just appalled on you know the way they lost. And I think don't get me wrong, I think this team is. Still very talented, but I just think they're super young. I think they kind of took this game as a joke, and it bit them. Uh, Old Dominion came to play, and when, like they said, when you just give a little bit of faith, a little bit of faith, anything can happen. And I think that's what we've seen from Old Dominion. And I, I kept my kind of eyes on that game because I was nervous. I'm like, 14-14, okay, 21-21, okay, 35-35. Uh, I'm like, oh, God, like, okay, Old mm-hmm. Dominion is sticking around in here. So, that's what really got me. And the crazy thing was Old Dominion in the fourth quarter. 28 points. Yeah, 28 points. 28 points in the fourth quarter. So they were basically – Virginia Tech had basically just given up in the fourth quarter on defense. They legit had just gave up. And, I mean, ODU poured it on in the fourth quarter. I mean, it's almost like every time they touched the ball in the fourth, they scored. Um, <laughs> it was it was bad, man. Um, Justin Fuente, he's a great coach. And – I don't want to come at his coaching characters. I still think he's a great coach. But, man, if I'm him, I, I got those guys in today. And I'm I'm in their rear ends telling them, look, we, we can't allow that to happen. And they're going up against a Duke team this weekend mm-hmm. that might give them another L because they're playing real good. And we- so, I mean, they could go off in this two and two and find themselves on the outside looking in because as of right now, as a constructed, Duke is the best team in the Coastal. And hold, I'm still not on, even really believing on. in Miami like that. Hold and on, hold is, on. Before, before we get off Virginia Tech real quick, um, I don't know if you had, uh, watched the post-game interview and heard with the – I think it was Fuente when they, uh, they interviewed Fuente, and he said um, – he told his guys that he liked them better when they I thought they uh, were trash. Yeah. And mm-hmm. they got the big head and pretty much lost this game. But yeah. I think, though, maybe Virginia Tech might be trash and – that Florida you know, State game just showed how how bad how Florida State was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, that's I mean, that's what that, I'm starting to think too. Yeah. That's why I said that's what. And you remember on the podcast last week, and y'all could probably go back and reference to this. I said we really don't know who Virginia Tech is because yeah. they beat a Florida State team, but what does that say? Not much. It yeah. doesn't say much at all because you see they barely survived Northern Illinois. I mean, Cam Akers got on Twitter saying he was disappointed. Because they barely won. I mean, that's how in shambles that program is right now. So, right. I mean, beating Florida State at home, what does that really mean? Nothing. Right, right, it doesn't right. mean nothing at this point. So, that's why I said with Virginia Tech, maybe they're really just not that great. And now we're actually starting to see Moot Reynolds gone hurting them. Adonis Alexander being gone hurting them. And now we're starting to see that because that secondary looks horrible. 
I mean, that secondary is bad news, and they look bad. And now they're saying also that, I don't know if you've seen this today, but Josh Jackson is broken fibula. So he's going to be out for it. Oh, so, yeah, I mean, I mean, uh, it's not looking good for Virginia Tech right now. It's really not. And like I said, them beating Florida State might be the highlight of their year. Because I don't <laughs> think they're going to do too much more after this. I'm going to be completely honest. Yeah, ACC in general. Yeah, and, and, and let's get on into that right now. The ACC just had a rough, <laughs> rough, very rough weekend. I mean, you had Clemson, and we'll get into them in a few. Uh, they had a good game. But, I mean, Wake Forest got blew out by Notre Dame um, 56-27 at home. And a lot of people thought that was a game that you were going to kind of have to, you know, keep your yeah. eyes on because def- like definitely upset. Did. I definitely did. Yeah, I know, and I know I did. I was, you know, I thought that was going to be kind of like a an upset special. They got the doors blown off of them at home by Notre Dame. And then Virginia Tech did that. I mean, Miami barely beat Florida International. They beat them 31-17. to 17. I mean, with a team like Florida International, you're supposed to blow the doors off of them, man, if you're Miami. Yeah. Um, the fact that they didn't blow the doors off of them and they allowed 14, uh, 17 fourth quarter points, a little bit discouraging. And um, Boston College is another kind of like huge upset too. Right. They um, you know, just got ranked. You know, they just got ranked for the first time since <laughs> Matt Ryan was there. Um, just got ranked, and then they dropped the ball against a zero and three Purdue team that yeah. you know hasn't looked good all season, and they let them put up thirty points on them. So Boston College, a team I was kind of believing in this whole year, dropped the ball, and it just was not a good weekend for ACC football um louisville looks like a, a train wreck without lamar jackson oh, um, yeah. yeah it's just florida state barely survived out of northern illinois and you know i know me and you spoke about nc state we really don't know who they are yet because they haven't played anybody either that's another team they that probably would have lost to, to and they west probably would have lost to west virginia if they would have played them so probably we really don't know who they are as a team i mean they play uva this week but that's Another game, I could probably see them blowing the doors off because UVA is really good. So it doesn't seem like they're going to get tested until October 6th against Boston College. And at this point, what is Boston College? Because they just got blew out by a team that was 0-3. So the ACC, man, I just want to talk about their struggles real quick and get your intake on their struggles. What do you think? Okay, well, um, to mention UVA, though, they are 3-1. and They are, I mean, yeah. They, uh, I mean, I think they, they, they played Richmond, they played Indiana, which, I, well, they lost Indiana, and they played mm-hmm. Ohio. And, you know, I don't really see too much it getting any better for them. No. And Louisville, this post-Lamar Jackson era. Ooh, looks bad. Scary. Mm, yeah. Oh, I, I didn't see this coming. Because, you know, Louisville always were kind of, you know. Oh, decent. They were all right. They yeah, were just, they was already, yeah, they was all decent at least. Mm-hmm. At least. And, um. I'm definitely paying attention to Duke because, I mean, Duke might have that uh, another great season like they did when they had um, – what year was that? When they had – That uh, was 2014, I think. 2014, I yeah, yeah. So, I'm definitely paying attention to them because, for some reason, I feel like Duke, this is not a fluke because, I mean, they got a solid – They got Defense, solid for FBS sure. wins. FBS yeah. wins because they, they beat Baylor. They beat uh, Northwestern. They beat Army, who was giving – Oklahoma trouble. Trouble, yeah. And, you know, this past week, playing NC Central, blew him out the water, got him off the field, 55 to 13. So I feel like Duke might be might be on something this week. Yeah. And like I said, um, NC State, I mean, I don't really expect much from NC State. 
you know, regardless if they three and no, like I said, they probably would have got blown off the field by the mm-hmm. West Virginia last week had they played. They played Georgia State. I mean, okay, they played um Marshall. James Madison. Which I mean James Madison ain't no there ain't no slouch, yeah. For for F, for FCS, for FCS. And they barely kind of survived out of that. Right. Well, yeah. <laughs> so uh I I mean, I don't know, because when I look at their schedule, I mean they got they got Boston College. I mean, who knows what you know where Boston College is at now? Right. And um, they got Clemson. You know they ain't winning that. They got Syracuse, which Syracuse is interesting because yeah. And I'm ready to see them this weekend against Clemson because I think yeah, we'll be able to tell more about Syracuse. Syracuse is four and zero, but mm-hmm. the only thing is they beat Florida State, which we established Florida State. They, ain't, they that don't mean nothing. They beat the, they beat Wagner. They beat Western Michigan and they beat UConn. So I mean, you know, those not really quality wins. You know what I'm saying? So, no. Uh, uh, for the rest of the ACC, uh, Carolina beat Pitt. I mean, who has faith in either one of those teams? Exactly. Yeah. Pitt probably gonna be the same. Pitt after this James Conner uh, era. Yeah. Been trash. Yeah. Yeah. So, and uh, Clemson, you know, beat Georgia Tech. I really like Georgia Tech, but you know they ain't going nowhere. No, <laughs> and no. um, I mean Boston College though that was surprising. That like, yeah, man. that surprised the world out of me, man. I, I so believe. If you, okay, I got a quick question for you. Yeah, good, good. So good. if you had to rank the top, I'll say four. If you had to rank the top four ACC teams right now, what would be the order? Uh, definitely Clemson number one. Number two. Uh, as of right now, I have to go Syracuse only because they're four and zero, and I respect Syracuse more than NC State. Okay, actually, no, I'm tripping. I give it to Miami. Okay, I got to mention Miami, so I give it to Miami. I gave it to Syracuse, and for the last one, uh, I give it Duke. Actually, yeah. I put Duke over Syracuse. I yeah, keep, I, I, yeah, I, I would say my order right now. Yeah, I keep forgetting Duke. Yeah, my order. I mean, everybody does most of the time, right? Mm. So I think that's that's the thing that we're seeing Duke and David Cutcliffe build something special again, um, with basically nothing. I mean, their defense is super talented, and I mean they're playing like this with arguably their best two players not playing. I mean, Marcus Mark uh, Gilbert, their best corner, yeah, he's so- out. And then Daniel Jones, and then Daniel Jones, their quarterback is out, and they're still winning. They're still playing at a high level. So I would honestly say Clemson won. I think. Uh, Is it bad that I'm arguing Duke two over Miami right now? Is that crazy that I'm thinking Duke two, Miami three, Syracuse four? Like that's kind of how I'm feeling right now. The only reason I say I would probably put Miami over Duke is because talent wise. But if I'm going like who's playing better right now, I'm taking Duke over Miami. I'm gonna be completely yeah, honest. Yeah. If yeah. I'm playing on who's playing better right now, I'm right. taking Duke over Miami. And especially if they blow the doors off Virginia Tech, which I got a strong feeling they may do this weekend. Mm. If they do that in an impressive style, I'm definitely saying Duke over Miami. So if I had to do it, I would say one Clemson, two Duke, three Miami. For Syracuse, that's just me. But let me you ask know. you this question. Yeah. Now that Miami has replaced Malik Rozier with Nikosi Perry, 
And that if Perry, and if Perry goes off, like you know, leads Miami to some wins. Yeah, I don't know, man. Yeah, and that's and that's also another thing. Like, if Nikosha Perry continue, because I think he won the job on 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 Saturday. You know, he had a great game. Yeah, and he he did everything he needed to do to get the team to win. Um, he got them off to a quick start, and he went seventeen for twenty five, two hundred and twenty four yards and three touchdowns. So. I think the job from Malik Rozier is done and over. Um, Nikosha Perry, I felt like he was a better quarterback last year. And I was a little bit surprised when Malik Rozier got the start last year. I'm going to be completely honest with you. I was mm. surprised because I didn't think he was that good, honestly. Um, mm. And I thought that last year, personally, that he wasn't that good. Um, and, you know, he kind of had – I don't want to say a lucky. I don't want to, like, seem like I'm doubting him. But, I mean, the guy's just really not that good. I'm going to be completely honest with you. Um, you know, and that's that's the crazy thing about it because when Malik Rozier was uh recruited, he was kind of in that Al Golden stage. So yeah. only teams that uh, only teams that looked at Malik Rozier was like Western Kentucky, um, some other like Middle Tennessee, and then Miami. Yeah. So that kind of showed you. And the coach of Perry had Georgia, LSU, Florida, all the big schools looking at him, and you can kind of see the difference in the team when the coach of Perry gets on the field. And that's actually gonna jump into our next subject. Is all these quarterback changes, um, yeah. and I'll start off with Nikosha Perry since we're talking about him. Like I said, Malik Rozier is just not that good of a quarterback. Nothing personal, mm-hmm. you know. He's just not that good. He's just he's not going to lead a team any further than what last year was like a fluke, personally. Mm-hmm. And he still had like fourteen interceptions. So I mean, that ain't even really that great. But you know, last year was I think the best you're going to get out of Malik Rozier. And I think in the games like Pittsburgh last year on uh, Black Friday and Clemson in the ACC championship game, you've seen that. He's just not capable of doing, like, winning those big games. Um, You know, I think that's a big problem with Miami and the reason why they struggled, you know, against LSU, against Clemson, against Pitt, against Wisconsin last year in the bowl game. Malik Rozier in all four of those games couldn't get the job done at all in Mm -hmm. all of those games. Um. You know, I just think that personally, he's just not really that good of a quarterback. And nothing's wrong with that. He's just not good. He shouldn't be starting at quarterback, especially yeah. at a school like Miami. Yeah, and yeah, I also yeah. want to talk about another guy from Notre Dame, Ian Book, man. He yeah. freaking balled out on uh, Saturday against Wake Forest. I actually got the chance to actually watch that game a little bit on mm-hmm. um, Saturday afternoon. I mean, he went 25 for 34, 325 yards. I mean, he was lighting up. Wake's far secondary, and they actually have a pretty good secondary, too. Um, and he was lighting those guys up. I think that, you know, Kelly made the right call on this one by, um, you know, I hate to say it, getting uh, Wimbush up out of there, man. I mean, this guy <laughs> yeah, is better, definitely. bro. This guy is completely better. I mean, he was throwing the ball all over the field. I mean, he had four people with over six receptions. That's ridiculous. Four people, so he was spreading the ball everywhere, man. You know, it's crazy. I really thought Notre Dame was overrated, especially after they beat uh, beat Michigan, you know, week one. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, man. And and I was one of those people um, last week saying that uh, Wake might pull this upset. I was too. And in my heart, I was like, Notre Dame really not that good. Mm -hmm. So I was so sure that – um. You know, Wake come out and you know just ball out, but Ian Book, it just looked like they just looked like the rank that they look like the top team. Yeah, to be honest with you, and the offense just flowed so much better, smoothly. Mm-hmm. Like I agree, and I mean, 
And I don't want to, uh, you know, trash Wimbush or nothing like that. But I think I want to say I don't got the stats put up. But I think he had more picks than TDs. He did. He did have more picks than it TDs. Just, it just didn't. It just didn't work out. You right. Know what I mean? Yeah, and I completely agree. I mean, Wimbush just—he just, wasn't getting it done. Like we just talked about, Wimbush was yeah. not getting it done, and he struggled. And I think, you know, with that being said, I think he made the right call. You know, going ahead and pulling him out of there because. He just did not play good. Uh, you know, Brandon Wimbush, he just, you know, I like him as a person. He seems like a cool guy, but he just wasn't getting it done. He had one touchdown, four interceptions. I mean, that it's is ridiculous. Fun. Like, he was not playing good football at all. I mean, honestly, they did a great job. By putting, I mean, he had three interceptions against Ball State, man. Ball yeah. State. <laughs> That's just ridiculous. Like, that shouldn't be happening. So I think Ian Book is the starter for sure. And I mean, I think the sky's the limit with Notre Dame. I think that, you know, I'm not really big on them either. And I was that was one of the teams I was kinda like, uh, I don't really know what they're gonna do. But I'm now starting to think like maybe they can do it. Maybe they can pull it off. Like maybe they especially, can run the table. After that game. Definitely. Yeah, especially the way they ride at Wake Forest. I mean, Wake Forest is no slouch team. I mean, right. Wake Forest is no slappy that you're just going to run over. But, you know, another quarterback that I think, and you know I'm excited about this one, oh, yeah, uh, ahead, that made the offense flow so much better was Trevor Lawrence, um, leading the Clemson Tigers to a 49-21 victory in Atlanta. I just want to give my fan base a quick shout-out, man. We packed out Atlanta. It looked like it was a home game for us out there. So for all the Tigers that traveled out to Atlanta this weekend, I see y'all. Keep that up. We go to these other places. But, yeah, I mean, Trevor Lawrence being back home in his hometown right outside of Atlanta and Cartersville, he showed out, um, you know, just completely bought out. Every time he got on the field, it seemed like, you know, they were scoring. He got on the field uh, out of five times and they scored uh, – he got on the field six times and they scored five of his first six possessions. So that's just ridiculous. Um, he had, you know, 13 for 18, 176 yards, four touchdowns, one interception, and the one interception was kind of fluke because he hit off the O lineman head, and uh, one of yeah. the defensive linemen intercepted it. So that was kind of fluke a little bit. So I mean, you could argue he had a four touchdown, zero interception type game. Um, that, that Clemson just looks, and I'm a Clemson fan, as you know. Clemson just looks a ton better with him in the in the backfield. They just look better. I mean, it's no knock on Kelly Bryant. Kelly Bryant last year did a tremendous job transition in between, you know, coming from probably the greatest Clemson player of all time to step behind him is a big deal. And I understand yeah. Kelly Bryant handled that very well. So I don't want to get on here and trash Kelly Bryant because he's a great guy, you know, and I mean, he's a good football player. But uh, I mean, I think on Saturday you could just see it. Trevor Lawrence is just and I've been saying this for months now. Trevor Lawrence is just a better football player than Kelly Bryant. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's just simple as that. The offense flows better. He opens up the offense. I don't know if you've seen that beautiful, gorgeous pass he threw to Hunter Renfro in the corner of the end. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. I've seen that. I, seen I mean, that's an NFL-type <laughs> throw. And uh, he put it right in there, man. And also the little the, the fly route pass he threw to Justin Ross, the other freshman, um, that he connected with. I mean, Trevor Lawrence is just—he's just the real deal, man. Yeah, I definitely like him. I definitely like him. So yeah, Trevor Lawrence. I think he just helps Clemson's offense flow better. I think he's a good complement with Travis Etienne, who had 11 yeah. carries and 121 yards, 122 yards, excuse me. 
And uh, I just think he's a better player than Kelly Bryant. I mean, nothing personal to Kelly. I think Kelly's a yeah. great guy, but Trevor Lawrence definitely off, uh, opens up the offense a lot more. And one thing, too, is it's not surprising because I, I, I'm pretty sure anybody who follows Clemson or, or follow college football, period, knew that this was going, this was coming. Yeah. Because, I mean, Kelly Bryant, like I said, I mean, don't want to trash the dude. He's a good player. Right. So he can start somewhere else at another school, which I don't think he can at this point. But mm-hmm. he yeah, because he's he a senior, he already registered, so yeah, that's it for him. He had his red flags, though. You yeah, know I mean? he did. And uh, the thing was, though, I think what was the good part about last year, people didn't set Deshaun Watson expectations for him, right? But when you got a guy like Trevor Lawrence, who by the way broke Deshaun uh, Watson's record, record in high Florida, school, right? Correct. And then followed him to Clemson. It's kind of like he's destined for this, you know what I'm saying? Exactly. Yeah. And I like, mean, so was a ball. Yeah, and the thing is, though, with all these quarterbacks that's been replaced, like uh, Jalen Hurts or like a, uh, you know, Malik Rogier or a, uh, uh, who's that one I'm thinking about? Um, uh, Kelly Bryant? <laughs> no, no, no. Um, uh, Ian Book replacing uh, Ian Wimbush. Book, yeah. Mm-hmm. All these guys that's being replaced, like Hurts, Wimbush. And uh, Kelly, Kelly Bryan mm-hmm. and uh, you know Malik Rogier, they all had they they all had the red flags when it came to throwing the ball. Yep. Mm-hmm. And I don't care what offense you run, what kind of quarterback you are, if you can throw that rock, you you're probably gonna start. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I mean, because because think about it, I mean, again, Kelly Bryan, you can't take that he led Clemson to the playoffs last year. You can't take that away from him. But when you need that, when you need passes thrown to get to where they need to be, you gotta be you gotta be called on for that. Mm-hmm. I so completely at, agree. At, at the at the least minimum as a quarterback, you have to be able to do that. And don't get me wrong, I love running quarterbacks. I do. My my my, my favorite quarter college football quarterback of all time was Pat White, West Virginia. He didn't want to kind of like set this this thing off. With the spread offense, but we, right. ain't gonna, we ain't gonna get into that. We right, that's for another episode. Yeah, I'm a huge Pat White fan too. Yeah, uh, I remember yeah. him, you know, just you know, going off all the time. You know, yeah, we, Pat we, White we, was. We not, we not, we not gonna get into the goat. But, right, right. Yeah. But I understand back, that. back to Trevor Lawrence, man. The Trevor Lawrence era has started. I'm, I'm yeah, so, yeah. I'm so excited to see what this dude is about to do for the next couple of years. Right. I mean, like I said, you know I'm excited that the Trevor Lawrence era, and anybody that knows me personally knows yeah. I have been waiting on the era to start since the day he said he was coming to Clemson. Um, you know, and I'm just really excited about what he can do, you know, for this team and for this program. I think this guy's going to be a, a great talent in the way he's looking. I mean, he does look further ahead than Deshaun did. His freshman year, he really does. And, I mean, I'm not trying to hype anybody up or anything like that, but I'm telling you, <laughs> this guy looks good. He looks like the true deal. Um, he's exciting to watch. And these last couple of weeks, you know, he's been exciting to watch. I mean, no no knock on Trevor. I mean, no knock on Kelly, like I said. I think he's a good guy, good player. Um, just not better than Trevor Lawrence, you know. The best man won. That's the all best, yep. mm-hmm. who, yep. can, who can lead this team? Like I said, you got to be able to pass, man. You got to I mean, be able to throw that rock. And, and last year, and I tell a lot of people this now, last year, Trevor Lawrence, I mean, uh, Kelly Bryant, excuse me, was hit by a lot of the, his deficiencies because Clemson's defense was just so freaking good that they yeah, did a lot of his deficiency because he was working with a short field 
a lot of the times last year. True, true. That's a good point. And That's... I think, you know, and you have wide receivers around him like Dion Kane, <clears throat> excuse me, Ray Ray McLeod. I mean, guys yeah. like that, so it kind of even helped it even more. But I'm telling you, if you're a Clemson wide receiver, especially guys like Hunter Renfro, uh, guys that are trying to get in the NFL, you need to be clapping your hands right now because I'm telling you, I literally seen Deion Kane go from a possible first round pick, second round pick, mm. to being sixth round, barely almost undrafted because Kelly Bryant's deficiencies of throwing the ball. Um, and I hate to say it, I'm not trying to blame Deion Kane's drop off and uh, and and you know the draft and Kelly Bryant, but he's part of the reason why. You know, Deion Kane dropped down so low. I'm just being complete because he couldn't throw the ball downfield. And, you know, mm. Deion Kane is a deep threat receiver. That's what he was at Clemson. Um, you know, so it's just kind of good to see that we actually have a quarterback now that can put the ball down the field. And it's going to, it's like you said, the best man won the game. You know, the best man won the, won the you know, he won. He won the position. And, yeah. you know, and I'm not saying this is even, you know, permanent, but I'm glad that Trevor Lawrence is kind of, took that role and now they're saying okay we're gonna start off with trevor lawrence trevor lawrence is our guy and trevor lawrence has to believe in himself okay i'm the guy now i have to continue yeah. to prove that i'm the guy oh yeah you know he, got he can't just slack up just because yeah. you know he got the starting spot now but see i feel like uh with all these guys is getting replaced especially uh with clemson i feel like Dabo he did give a fair shot to he did you know, yeah but like you said, man. I mean, this is sports. If I'm like a, if I'm, if I'm a, if I'm a person on that team, or any team that's got a quarterback that's getting replaced, at the end of the day, I want the guy that gives us the best chance to win. Exactly. exactly. And you know, like I said, it's nothing personal. Mm-hmm. Kelly Bryant shouldn't take it personal because, like I said, you can't take away that he took him to the uh, playoffs. Right. But at the same time, I mean. I, I really didn't see this guy going to the NFL either. But yeah, no, no, I don't. I don't see it either. I'm just being completely honest. Um, uh, national title contending back. By that definition, no, because I'm okay. not sold on Texas yet. Right. Because I mean, don't get me wrong, they have some quality wins. Yeah, they, they really do. Because uh, they lost to Maryland, but and that loss doesn't there. even look bad at this point. Yeah, exactly, because Maryland, I believe Maryland has a good record. Yeah, they're three and one right now. Yeah, three and one. And um <clears throat> so I don't want to say they're back because I don't see them getting past West Virginia or Oklahoma, to be honest. And Texas Tech is no slouch either. Yeah, and Texas Tech is on the rise. <laughs> I think they'll give Texas Tech, they may win that game, I want to say, but I just don't see them getting past Oklahoma or West Virginia. So I can't say they're back yeah. yet. And I was more so disappointed in TCU yeah. losing this past week. Because, I mean, you know, Sean Robinson's my guy. Mm-hmm. And I mean, they just didn't get it done. So. They didn't. They struggled bad, man. I mean, TCU, um, they just completely struggled. Like you said, it just wasn't a good performance from them. Um, just They didn't look good at all, man. They just completely struggled. Um, just could never get it going, man. Sean Robinson struggled in this game as well. Um, in Texas, I mean, they came out and played. They did the thing. TCU had four turnovers. Um, that was a huge part of that game, you know, um, them having those four turnovers. So, I think that was big as well, too. So, yeah, Texas, I have to see a little bit more from this season. To say so, if they beat that. Oklahoma, would you say they're back? Definitely. 
Yeah. I, I, I would kind of argue if they knock off Oklahoma, especially if it's in like sound fashion, yeah. I would start saying they're back too, low key. Because, I mean, what have you seen from Texas this last, you know, couple of seasons? Yeah, they start off hot. They start off hot, then drop off. Now, don't get me wrong. I would like to see Texas return to how they were back when, you know, we were kids. Right, Vince Young days, right. Yeah, so, you know, and I would like to see, you know, the Red River rivalry, you know, Oklahoma. Right. Because, I mean, to be honest, I mean, the last couple of years – a and M dominating Texas, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, they have, yeah. And then you can make an argument, you know, Houston in and out, you know. Actually, um, is it Herman? It's Coach Herman? Yes. Houston, Houston Herman, coach yes. that Houston, correct? Mm-hmm, that's correct. So, yeah, so, I mean, you know, I would like to see Texas, you know, make a comeback. Because, I mean, they're, they're just one of those dominant, always been dominant, you know, powerhouses when it comes right. to college football. But if they're back – as of now, I don't know. Not yet. So you think it's still too early to say they're back? I kind of agree with that, though. Yeah, it's, it's too early. Because, I mean, okay, I mean, they got, you know, three solid wins, I right. guess, you know, with USC. Mm-hmm. But we see now that USC is not back either. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. They're not back yet, no. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, them being TCU, I will say I was impressed with that. Right. So, I mean, it's just too early. Yeah, I kind of I I seem to agree with you too on this one. Um, I did mention last week in the podcast that I think if they beat TCU, they're on their way to possibly being back. Um, but I'm kind of with you on this one. I still want to see more. You know, I want to see more. If I now they beat you know Oklahoma in two weeks, I mean then we're talking about something. You know, yeah. then I might be like, okay, they might be on to something, you know. But um, I definitely think right now they're on the right path. I mean, I can't knock them. I mean, beating TCU, which was the 17th ranked team in the country, they just came off of a, you know, really a tough loss against Ohio State. Yeah. I mean, that's that's a solid win. I mean, I cannot knock Texas for that win. I mean. That, that mean that's that's a good win. I can't knock them for that. Which so, I don't think. I think I think with TCU though, which people don't really give TCU credit for in the Ohio State game, was you know two of those touchdowns Ohio State has were off like uh, you know the the the, the interception, interception, you know, yeah. pass interception, and the fumble recovery in the end zone. Right. So it wasn't like a know, blowout. Yeah. So yeah, it was a close game. Like, and like I said, you know, game. this week in Texas, you know, Sean Robinson disappointed me. You know, that's my guy. Yeah, but as far as you know, he was—he was just one of those players that I was looking out for the, uh, the entire year. You know what I'm saying? Right. I'm really disappointed. Right. But yeah. speaking of players, though, yeah, let's jump right into that. Uh, tell me some of your players that you were impressed with this week. I got two. One we talked about earlier. Actually, we talked about both of them earlier. Ian Book from Notre Dame. Yeah, that's one of my guys. Stepped too. in. Stepped in. 325 yards passing, two touchdowns, no interceptions, no interceptions, no interceptions. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> I, I mean, I don't want to throw no shade to win, but, but no interceptions. Exactly. Two carries, 40 yards, three touchdowns. And right. he really just stepped in and made Notre Dame look like the number eight team. Yeah, he did. They looked good. Great. And my other guy. Y'all might have heard of him, Benny Snell Jr. out of Kentucky. Oh, yeah. That's another team that's kind of surprised. Yeah, 4-0. Mm-hmm. 165 yards, 
four touchdowns. That guy is balling. Man, I want to get in some of my guys. Like I said earlier, Blake LaRusso, man, you're a baller, man. 495 yards, four touchdowns, man. You definitely get one of my players of the day as well. Got to give my quarterback some love, Trevor Lawrence. 13 for 18, 176 yards. I was very, very impressed with him. And there's another guy. I know he's not like amazing. He's not nothing really great, great to see. But I'm telling you, I watched some of, some of this game the other day go with the Louisville. Virginia's Bryce Perkins is another one you might want to keep mm. your eyes on. He had 17 for 24, 192 yards. Uh, two you know touchdowns. He had 14 carries for 78 yards. I know you probably seen it early on the Instagram page where I posted up how he jumped over. You know, yeah. that Damn, you know, jumped over that guy two times. You know, so it was. I'm kind of impressed with him right now too. And then another person. I know I'm doing a lot of quarterbacks from the ACC for some reason, but Quentin Harris, another guy that continues to look kind of good. 15 for 27, 202 yards and three touchdowns. So I mean, it was a lot of good quarterback play this weekend. I would say. Um. I definitely think, and I I try not to have the same guys as you because I was gonna say Ian Book as well, and I was gonna say Benny Snell as well too because he played really good against a good Mississippi State um, defense. So I was definitely kind of leaning though door on some of those guys too that you named. But um, I want to get into some of the games for this weekend. I think the game that everybody's gonna keep their eye on this weekend is Penn State Ohio State. Oh yeah, definitely. I think that's the game everybody's gonna kind of have tabs on this weekend. Um, I think that game is going to be a, a good one. It always is a good one. Last year was a good one. The year before that was a good one. That yeah. Penn State game is going to be one that I would definitely keep my eyes on for sure. I think that's going to be a very, you know, I think it's going to be a good game. I really do. Um, mm-hmm. You know, these teams both have, you know, playoff aspirations. Um, both of these teams are very well talented. Um, Ohio State's playing at a high level right now. And Penn State, after that little App State tobacco, they kind of been playing at a high level too. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this will be a good game. Um, if I had to choose right now, I would probably lean Ohio State 31-21, something like that. I know that game is in College Station, which is a crazy place to play. But how do you feel about this game? Uh, College Station. <laughs> yeah. Um. This Ohio State Penn State game, that's probably like the main game. I'm not college station, Lord Jesus, State yeah, College. Like <laughs> <laughs> I'm in State College, Mr. Bay. Excuse me, my bad. Oh wow, excuse me like, on that one. Yeah, I was like, I, let me pull up the schedule real quick because uh, maybe, maybe you know something I don't know. No, I got State College. Sorry, yeah, that's all my fault. State College, Mr. Bay. Excuse me on that one. But no, definitely. Um, I definitely got Ohio State in this one. I mean, I really, I really believe in Dwayne Haskins, and I think he'll just find a way to you know win this game. But I do think it'll be closer than you know what we expect it to be. Mm-hmm. I feel like I feel like it'll be a game to come down to the last. Uh, it come down to the wire. And so, what would you have to predict as a score as of right now? Man, um, I, I, I uh, man. And you don't even I, want to know how much tickets cost for that Ohio State Penn State game right now. Oh yeah, definitely want to know that. But yeah, I, uh, I think Ohio State would get. I I, I give them thirty five. You say thirty five? Yeah. I, I, th- I think it'd be a thirty five twenty eight. You know, type of yeah, game. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, same ballpark. Another game that I'm looking forward to as well as the Stanford Notre Dame game, seven against eight. Uh, yeah. I think that's gonna be a good one. Um, 
Let me say this right. In South Bend, Indiana. <laughs> I think that'll be a good game. Um, also, the big uh, the Pac-12 uh, actually kind of got some good games this weekend. I mean, you have Washington and BYU in uh, Seattle. I think that'll be a good one. You also have Oregon and the now-ranked Cal Bears. I think that's going to be another good one as well. Um, so there is some good games out in the Pac-12. A game that I'm going to really be keeping my eyes on is a 7 p.m. game. Uh, Virginia Tech versus Duke. I think that's going to be oh, yeah. a really good game. I think Duke will actually win that game and continue on to be undefeated. Uh, I definitely think that they have the talent to do that. And then another game I'm also going to keep my eyes out for would be obviously the West Virginia versus Texas Tech definitely. game. Definitely. Uh, I think that's going to be another good one that you're just going to have to keep your eyes out on. It is in Lubbock, Texas. And uh, I think that's going to be a game where we're kind of starting to see what Will Greer is really about. Yeah, uh, I think the Tennessee game, I mean, yeah, it was nice and cute. He was back in his hometown, you know, but Tennessee, I mean, I don't know if you've seen this weekend, but Florida blew the doors off of them. Yeah. So I don't really think Tennessee, I think Tennessee and, you know, um, Tennessee and Florida State are kind of in the same boat right now. So, I mean, we really don't know. Oh, hold on, really don't, 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 don't disrespect us like that. Yeah, I know, I know we're looking bad right now, but Tennessee is looking good for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's true, too. That's true, too. <laughs> um, Tennessee, I, I, they, they're really bad right now. It's going to take some time to get that. But that's another game I'm going to watch out for is that West Virginia-Texas uh, Tech game because I really think that could be a tale of stories. Man, anything else you want to say before we end this out? Uh, definitely. Um, I definitely going to be watching uh, Stanford and Notre Dame, especially with – Ian Book being a starter now, I really want to see, you know, how he goes, you know, against this uh, Stanford defense. And uh, uh, Oregon and Cal, I want to see if Cal's the real deal, you know, playing Oregon. I hope Oregon bounces back. I got Oregon that one. And I got – I'm going to go with Stanford for uh, Stanford versus Notre Dame. And Virginia Mm -hmm. Tech and Duke. And I hope Duke is for real. I, I hate that I'm saying that. And I hope they blow yeah. and take out the water and make. I it, think they will. Personally. I really do. And I'm definitely going to watch BYU in Washington. I like BYU, BYU in the play in Wisconsin, so mm-hmm. I'm definitely looking forward to that game. And I'm gonna cheer for BYU just because I don't like the Pac-12 like that. Right. I'm not sure what where I, I forgot what what conference BYU was in. I <laughs> thought they were. I thought at one point they were American because sometimes I see them playing ECU and teams yeah, like yeah. that. So I don't know. I think they're just independent as of right now. I could be wrong, but I thought they were just independent. Yeah, yeah I believe they're just be, independent right be. now. So, yeah. I mean, yeah, BYU, I would like to see them, you know, play pretty good and get a win. Um, And the thing that looks crazy now with BYU and Cal, Cal beat BYU 21-18. So maybe this Cal team may oh. be the real deal. It may be. It may yeah, be. and we'll definitely get to see that this weekend you know, against Oregon. So I'm excited to see that, man. But I want to go ahead and wrap this up, man. It is All Things College Football Week 4 podcast with Jarrell Wheeler, Tony West, and we are heading out. You guys enjoy the games this weekend, and we will see you guys next week. All right. Yeah.